everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck, and I'm along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi. We are writers for The Athletic, and we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving week as that is finally upon us. It feels like an eternity for Thanksgiving to arrive this year because usually, you know, at least in the past, uh, the NASCAR season has often ended and, you know, it's like it ends that Sunday, Monday, you know, we'd fly home from Homestead or something. And then that Thursday is Thanksgiving this year. Uh, it ended a couple weeks before and it's just been like, wait, when's Thanksgiving? Is Thanksgiving ever going to happen? Finally, Thanksgiving week is upon us, Jordan. So, uh, sure. As a lover of holidays, you're probably happy about that. <laughs> Thanksgiving is the one holiday I actually don't mind. There's no pressure. You don't have to worry about gifts and all that mumbo jumbo. It's a real straightforward holiday. Though Turkey is completely overrated. So other than that, I like the holiday. Okay. Well, Thanksgiving, my favorite meal of the year. So I'm very excited about it, even Ugh. though um, not not traveling this year for the big meal. But fortunately, um, my parents live here uh, in Colorado. So we're just going to do a get together with them and we'll we'll uh, we'll still eat all the traditional things about Thanksgiving. What's your so. favorite Thanksgiving me- uh, like a meal or well, not meal, but Thanksgiving like uh, dish? Yeah, yeah, dish. Thank you. So I'm a, I'm a kind of person, I don't know about you guys out there, but I will like, I make some huge mashups. So like I, I, t- I go around, I'll put everything on my plate, like the turkey, the stuffing, the cranberries, the sweet potatoes, the gravy, whatever, mashed potatoes, whatever. Anyway, um, then I just kind of like mash it, sort of like heap it all together. And I'm like eating it. I want all like all the flavors, the Thanksgiving oh, yeah, yeah, flavors like mashed yeah, up. I do that okay. too. Like I mix the corn with the mashed potatoes and I'll put the gravy on there and some turkey. And yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, um, you know, in case you uh, are doing a get together and you guys are NASCAR fans, which I assume you are since you're listening to this, maybe you want some funny moments to rehash uh, during the conversation at your Thanksgiving table. You want to talk about, man, remember when this happened in this crazy 2020 year? Yes, there was a lot of crappy stuff in the world this year, but there was also some funny, lighthearted moments, and Jordan and I are here to rehash those moments. Um, So our assignment was, that we gave ourselves anyway, we went through, we picked the five, what we thought are the five funniest moments of 2020 NASCAR season. However, we have not compared notes on this at all. So this is not gonna be like a debate like it was on last week's episode where we debated the top five races of the year. This is gonna be, we each picked five funny moments, we ranked them, maybe we'll repeat or maybe we'll have uh, 10 you know, total moments, like five different moments each. I, I have no idea what we'll come up with. I, I mean, on at, at first glance, I don't think, feel like there was a ton of like hilarious things that happened this year, um, especially because we weren't at the track. So you're, you know, and, and the one day shows, you're not getting as much, you know, sort of like the, the Friday practice wackiness or, you know, quotes in the media center or something like that. Um, but I feel like I came up with five ones that at least made me laugh um or chuckle so hopefully you did the same jordan um do you feel decent about your list yeah i kind of noticed the same thing going through it was it was there wasn't as many moments or lightheartedness as i remember or at least there doesn't seem to be that much compared to past years and certainly not as many quotes you know usually like you say you know there's a lot of media sessions throughout the course of a weekend and you get some pretty good sound bites or, you know, that kind of thing. And there's just, I, I going through it, I didn't feel like there was that many at all. I actually don't have any quotes on my list at all this year. 
Yeah, you know what's interesting about that as a total side note before we get started here. Um, I did on the athletic this year, I did a preseason all quote team. I picked mm-hmm. some drivers who I thought were going to be the best quotes of the year. And I was going to go back and um, revisit uh, who were the five drivers who gave uh, you know, the best quotes or whatever, like the most reliable for, for media, you know, to get good material and stuff like that. But as you, as you pointed out, um, this wasn't really a year where you could get that kind of stuff. I mean, there was a lot of zoom sessions, but the zooms were mostly pretty stale and, you know, it, it, there wasn't too much personal interaction or lightheartedness or, um, people going off on anybody like that. You know, we are like, Ooh, that's good. You know, somebody giving their opinion. Um, so, you know, and, and without us being at the track and, and in the infields and getting to interview these guys in person up until the last weekend anyway, um, you know, it just wasn't uh, it just wasn't the same. So I, I can't even really go back to that list. And I was even thinking at the beginning of the year, oh, we'll do a, a best quotes of the year podcast, too. But that's <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think I don't think that's going to happen. But no. there was enough funny moments to make a podcast, yeah. at least, I think. So, Jordan, why don't you give your five first and we'll talk through each one and then I will give my five and we'll see how how they compare. All right. Number five on my list is Kyle Busch for getting to bow when he won at Texas, which to me kind of summarized uh-huh. his year in general, which was just a frustrating, maddening year. We heard it a lot of him say it's 2020 and Kyle Busch finally wins a race, which is something that we never thought we would talk about. And he had to be reminded to bow, which I just thought was funny. That was funny. You're right. I mean, uh, it really, and it kind of symbolized uh, how he, 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 did, it, he wasn't himself, you know? Yeah. I mean, he wasn't in his, his normal groove, like you said, it, and uh, had such a bad year. He wasn't even thinking, oh, yeah, I do this after every race that I win. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I mean, talk about a brain fart or just being so... So in the moment of, oh my gosh, I won. I actually yeah. won a race when I didn't think I was going to. Because, I mean, he had said all year, like even even the week before, a couple weeks before, well, we're not going to win. Right after he got eliminated from yeah. the playoffs, yeah. we're not going to win a race. You know, yeah. our chances, you know, and, and he did. So I guess he was so caught up in it that he uh, he just forgot. What's yeah, your number four com- moment? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and he compared that win, too, to winning a championship, which kind of underscores just how important it was to him. And I think it you're right, and it just he was caught up just in the fact that he had finally won after thinking he was not going to do it. So kind of, you know, symbolic of his year in general. Number four on my list is Matt D doing iRacing almost naked. No pants on. Remember that? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and it's probably because NASCAR chasm has used it so many times on, so on, uh, on, uh, Twitter and everything. I, to me, I just, every time I look at that, it's just, it kind of is, it kind of underscores the absurdity of, some things that were going on at that time and in, in the newness of the iRacing thing. And, you know, you had Alex Bowman and his dog, you know, blaming his dog. And I've got another one on my list from the iRacing too, that we'll get to. Actually, I'll just, you know, say number three, number three on my list is Denny Hamlin's daughter turning off his machine in the middle (laughs) of a race. So it just, you know, it's kind of the iRacing thing in general, which was great. I I liked it. And we're going to see more of it next year. It's just, there was just a lot of goofy little moments that came out of that. Yeah, you're right, um, and and we'll talk about more of that because I have some iRacing on my list too. But um, especially, I think at the time, you know, we we I, I just think if if some of this stuff happened now, like after all the iRacing that we saw, and we got kind of, I mean, to me, I kind of got tired of it. Like, okay, let's get some real racing. You know, I think everybody was kind of, you know, you remember the drivers. Um, a lot of them opted out of like the last week of it or whatever. And then I think maybe 
Fox didn't do one the last weekend or something, or they just pulled the plug um, right the weekend before uh, the season was supposed to resume, if my memory is correct. And, you know, I think everybody just kind of gotten tired of it. The ratings have started to go down. But, you know, at first, I mean, we're all stuck at home. I mean, that was the heart of the lockdown. Everybody is sort of desperate for some normalcy. And, it, you know, it wasn't even a new normal yet. It was just like, oh, my gosh, we have nothing to watch. There's nothing on TV. And that was so new and fun and funny. I, I think at the time, some of those moments now, I mean, if they said, okay, let's do an off-season iRacing series and, you know, Denny Hamlin's daughter does something or, you know, Matt D doesn't wear a shirt or whatever. Okay. He's racing in his underwear. <laughs> yeah. Um, you'd be like, all right. Okay, okay. You know, but at the time, I mean, it really was, that was some funny stuff and I could see why you put that on your list. Yes. Uh, number two on my list. And this is, I don't know, maybe I'm sick and twisted, but the whole Texas race weekend where they had the, just the mist that wouldn't end. And it lasted for three days. I just look back on that as that was so absurd, and I just can't help but chuckle. It just I, and I feel bad oh about it. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you put that on your list. <laughs> I did, and I feel bad about it because I mean I wasn't in Texas, and thankfully, I yeah, mean, I can't, yeah. Uh, but I wasn't there. Oh so, my god, uh, that is. I hope nobody who is at Texas hears. <laughs> Here's the Jordan thought that was hilarious because in retrospect, like I said, it's absurd and it was just weird. Like I said, I'm a little sick. I understand that. But I mean, we just had this. If you look at the radar on that Sunday, there was no green on the radar. It wasn't raining, but they had this mist that just hung over the track. And it was it was just weird. And you thought never on Monday, we thought we might have a window to race. And then didn't they fire up the engines or something? And then. They, more rain came or just something silly happened and then i don't know i just it was so goofy and weird and it just yeah i'm, I'm sorry I, I just thought i look back at it now and i can chuckle you could chuckle yeah i i i just uh i still have whatever that year was 07 or whatever when michigan got delayed <laughs> michigan this, this was a way worse uh delay than that i wasn't there thankfully this was you know all year long we were at least I was. Well, you, both of us. I mean, we're like, man, I wish we were at the track more. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish we got to travel uh, just because of the pandemic. And obviously, even if we were there, we couldn't have done anything. But imagine if if we had gone to Texas Race Weekend, we'd been stuck in the press box, um, <laughs> unable to move around. I mean, at least in a normal rain delay in the media center, you can kind of like go outside for a minute or walk to other parts of the media center or walk through the garage if the rain's let up or walk out to pit road, look at the track, see how track drying's going, whatever. Talk with people, go into somebody's holler and, you know, shoot the bull for a while or mm -hmm. something. But I mean, this would have been everybody on lockdown, wearing a mask for, you know, all mm. the time at the track for days and days, not knowing when you go home, wondering if this race is going to get moved. I mean, oh my gosh, no, I don't. Are you, oh my gosh! I bet people are going to get mad at you. Who, somebody was there for saying that you think yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and again, my opinion of this would have changed completely if I was there. And I just—it was just so absurd and so odd. It just, in retrospect, like I said, I'm just—I'm laughing now because I think it's funny. Uh, the What's number your number one funniest moment of the year: Chase Elliott walking back onto the track at Darlington after Kyle Busch had turned him into the inside wall. And giving Kyle Busch the finger. It was a beautiful finger. The way he 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 had a, an great. amazing uh, methodology to his finger. He, you know, he kind of walks out there and he 
waits for Kyle to come and he just sticks it right out and and he just it's like a tracking thing like it just he just follows him around with it as Kyle goes by like like it was a very I mean the form on that mm -hmm. as far as a middle finger form that that was textbook middle finger form it was really good and really out of character too for Chase because we never really have seen that from him before so I think that kind of makes me chuckle and part of that too was how his, you know, Alan Gustafson, his crew chief, and the other members of the his team kind of responded to that. Remember, they went down on pit road and just like stared at Kyle Busch as he sat in his car. And we, I told, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we thought, and I remember watching this, going, "Are we going to see a brawl?" And you know, we're supposed to have social distancing and everything, and we're gonna, I really thought we we're going to see like some kind of brawl. It's like, oh man, yeah, uh, I know, I know. It was good. It was, and it, to me, honestly, it was the first time we really have seen. I don't know how to say this without. It was really some personality from Chase, a different side of him that we don't really. Get we saw to see. some color from him. Yeah, there. yeah. And absolutely. I think that was you know part of it too. Is like, wow, wait a second, this is this is cool. This is this is this is a side of Chase we don't see, and you know he's standing up for himself a little bit. And that's because that's kind of been the rap on him a little bit. Is he's you know somebody maybe you can bully on the racetrack a little bit, and all of a sudden he's kind of doing this. And then as a, an aside, and something I did have on my list originally that I knocked it off was him a couple of weeks later when he won the Truck Series race at Charlotte. He did the Kyle Busch bow. Yep, yep. So it was just, you know, it was it was kind of this coming out party a little bit for Chase. So that to me, I just look back on that as, I don't know, it's kind of one of those moments I'd say, okay, that, that and, you know, in retrospect now too is, you know, him winning the championship, everything. It just, it, I don't know, it just kind of feels appropriate. So you've covered a couple of my moments, but uh, we can go more in some, more into them. Uh, those, I think it's a pretty decent list you have there. Um so my number five is the Bush Clash uh, because oh, not that right. I, I I forgot about that <laughs> at the time I actually thought it was just more just sort of a silly clown show which it was uh, I just thought it was I, I guess more of like ridiculous this is absolutely ridiculous that this is happening if you guys remember of course it seems like a lifetime ago when things were normal. Um, but uh, there was like a zillion wrecks. Every all these cars are getting taken out. At the end, there's only six cars left on the track. Um, some of them aren't even on the lead lap, including Denny Hamlin, who ends up pushing his completely junked wreck teammate Eric Jones <laughs> to the win. Um, after the race, I mean, uh, Eric Jones' car. I think like Mike Joy's call was like with a car that's headed to the dumpster bin or something like that. Uh, you know, it, it was just. It was just stupid. I mean, and, and everybody, I mean, I think some people were like, oh, okay, that's good racing. That was hilariously entertaining. But to open the season, to set the stage for the Daytona 500, um, it wasn't anything that's going to make you go, oh, wow, I can't wait to watch Daytona 500 because of this. It was just like, oh, that that is just crazy. And I think the car owners after that were like, because uh, especially at the time, this was supposed to be, you know, we, we still thought the next gen was coming next year. And then everybody's like, all right, we are not running that race. We are not running that race with these cars, <laughs> uh, with these brand new cars next year. So they said, all right, we're even before the pandemic. I mean, cause I remember we were asking people at Phoenix about it, um, before the lockdown happened and, and they announced that, uh, it was going to be on the Daytona road course before this, you know, before the Daytona road course had ever been run uh -huh. for an actual points race, we're going to be like, all right, we're going to use the Daytona road course because we're not we're not junking these cars. Um, so that because of that the absurdity of that race that might have been the last ever clash on the Daytona Oval. So uh, that's how <laughs> crazy and silly that race was, and sort of hilarious in a way as well. I forgot about that. that's a great 
that's a great pull for you by you because uh, I completely forgot that race. I was in the scoring tower with NASCAR officials for this race, and I remember the first part of that race was actually pretty calm, and I remember being up there thinking, you know, I wanted something sexy and I want something to write, you know, for this big story I was doing, and there really wasn't much going on in the race, and I just remember sitting there going that my story is going to basically fall apart. There's nothing going on. And then all hell broke loose and just, you know, crash after crash. And I remember being up there. And I don't know if I can say this or not, but I'm going to do it anyway. I was standing behind Mike Helton um, during this most of the day because I was doing this thing on Steve O'Donnell. Steve O'Donnell is right next to Mike Helton. And Mike Helton's wisecracks were hilarious. And I can't – I'd have to go back and look at my notes of what he was saying – but it was so good. It was stuff I can't repeat, but it was just listening to him and some of the officials on what was going on. It was really good. And I, it just, I just remember that day kind of flipping, going, thinking, oh, this is going to be awful. I've got nothing to write. My big story just fell apart, too. I've got a lot here. I don't know how I'm going to put this together. Well, uh, that's a good idea. I mean, you, first of all, that story was great. If you guys, you should go back and read Jordan's behind the scenes account of how NASCAR goes through a race weekend. Um, you know, he tagged along for uh, inspection and all this stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I, that's a, I think someday NASCAR should do like a live cam in the scoring tower and see the exasperated officials throw their hands up oh. or rip on people or whatever. That would be that would be gold. I mean, I'd watch that instead of the race. I but. told NASCAR leaving that and I said, I want to do a story. I just want to do like a mystery science 3000 NASCAR race with Mike Helton because it was hilarious. (laughs) It was great, and and again, it was stuff I can't repeat because I was that was part of it. But it was it was really good, and it was uh, yeah, it was it would be great to see they would to to see their reactions. uh, That kind of thing was unfolding. Is it's it's something. So my number four moment um, is sort of more. It's more than just a moment, I guess. But uh, all year, salty Kyle Busch is my number four moment. he really, I mean, I guess we sort of laugh at his pain in a way. Sorry, Kyle. But, um, I mean, he just had some great, when, when, when Kyle Busch gets um, mad or when he stuff doesn't go his way, I mean, that's, that's when you get the really good quotes. I mean, for instance, um, not only did he have uh, his, oh, it's still 2020 quotes, but, you know, he'd, he'd have that salty look. He, so he, he ends up finishing fourth at the first Texas race. I believe that was June or July when they end up running that uh, after it gotten postponed, he'd gone through the grass. He ends up finishing fourth anyway. And they say, I think Dave Burns or somebody, I can't remember who it was. They go, so Kyle, how did you do that? You know? And that's when he goes KFB. I was just <laughs> like, Oh my God, like this is so hilarious. I mean, um, again, I get people, some people obviously don't like his antics or his lack of uh, sportsmanship at times, but from a media standpoint, I think he keeps things interesting. Um, I don't take things personally when he gets mad at a, a question. Um, I think it's it's interesting to, to you know he he's spicy and and he was salty for much of this year, so I thought that was I thought that was pretty uh, some some entertainment I guess. Yeah, no, he he was good and his radio was always entertaining. If you can listen in, I I highly recommend listening to a scanner during a race because it's something. And if something happens, it's always the car is killed. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's Kyle, killed. you got a dent in your We're car. Done. Car's killed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that. He, and he had the quip. You know, I'm thinking about this too. We talked about comments and stuff. Didn't he say that Joey Logano had no friends or something? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. I think that's right. So yeah, no, Kyle was Kyle was definitely. 
it was it was he was entertaining this year. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, so my number three moment. Uh, this comes in the immediate aftermath of what I thought was the number one race of the year. Not to spoil last week's podcast if you didn't go back and listen, but um, the Bristol Spring Race. Um, Chase Elliott, and Joey Logano, Lo, Joey Logano racing for the lead, and uh, they end up. Chase ends up sending it in there way too hard, takes them both out, and after the race, really wasn't accountable at all. Um, and he, the, you know, the, the, there was no fans there, and there, so the Fox cameras are on pit road, and it's just sort of like this silence um, after the race. And they have this great shot where. Um, Logano is climbing out of his car and he's staring down at Elliot and Elliot like won't even look at him. Like he's just, he's just kind of like looking up, looking around. Like he, he knows Logano's down there and he won't even turn to see. And Logano walks down there with his glasses on looking like uh, a dad, you know, like this older veteran guy. Um, and, and you know, he's, he's got his mask on and Elliot's just like, Oh, you know? And, and I think, uh, Elliot ends up saying to him, uh, we found out afterwards he said, you know, well, you've done it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought that whole sequence was like hilariously awkward and funny. And uh, Logano, I, I just thought it was funny as well that Logano now sort of being in like the veteran role, like how, you know, don't race me like that when Logano's roughed up so many people or, or ruffled so many feathers, I guess, over the years to see him in that role as well, uh, role reversal kind of thing. Uh, I, I just thought that whole thing was funny. I was fun. I just remember them staring at each other in pit road and you're just kind of waiting how this is going to unfold. And I think you make a really good point when you say it was definitely a role reversal for Logano in that you know he's somebody who's usually chided for being too aggressive and kind of just shrugs it off. And yet in this instance, he was on the other end and all he, he I don't think, you know, he just, wanted somebody to talk to him about it, which is funny because we've heard that before from other drivers. You remember Matt Kenseth was, oh, I just want Joey to acknowledge that he did something wrong and, and apologize for it. And it just, it is, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, the, there was so much, uh, so many layers to that. I, I just thought that was, that was great. By the way, um, I, I should tell you, if, you know, for those who listen to this regularly, you guys know that Jordan has a very good memory great memory even uh for recalling races and details i do not so for me the way i found uh sort of the storylines or, or remembered some of these moments i searched my own tweets and i searched for ha 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 and lol and then i thought and then i went back to see what i was reacting to and stuff like that so that's how i found some of my tweets are, you know, to, to be like, oh, yeah, I did think this was funny. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> anyway. will, I will say that there are two things on my list. The Matt D. Pantless and Denny Hamlin's daughter turning. Oh, no, that was mine. The Denny, the, the Matt D. Pantless was actually courtesy of NASCAR Chasm. I texted That's him. That's a good this, resource to have. It is. I, I came up with my list and my list, my list felt light. And I will acknowledge that the Texas missed thing is mine and mine alone um but i just was like my list felt light i feel like i was missing a couple things or just you know i didn't want to make sure so i just texted him like hey you know because he's he's so good at this he's got a great memory and he's when it comes to funny and absurd stuff the man is a master at that and so he gave me a couple uh so i i can't take any credit for all my list so um number one and number two on my list we've both um covered in a sense already 
but we'll go through them anyway. So um, my number two is Chase slash Kyle, uh, the, the, the couple moments in May. I actually thought this was going to sneak under the radar until you mentioned it at the end of your answer about the middle finger. But, you know, it starts with uh, obviously Chase flipping Kyle off with his middle finger style that we mentioned. But the Kyle Bush bow to me that Chase did, that <laughs> was absolutely hilarious. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I feel like it went sort of forgotten um, for much of the rest of the season. But yeah. Chase Elliott wins the truck race to win the bounty. So, um, you know, remember there was all that talk, especially before the pandemic, the bounty, the bounty. Oh, who's going to, you know, Harvick started this thing, the bounty put up money uh, for a non-truck regular to come in. So Chase Elliott, the first time out, goes in and wins the bounty. And then it, as a salute to win the bounty, just a couple weeks after he's been uh, wrecked or a week, because they were doing so many races at a time uh, back then, uh, he does the Kyle Busch bow, um, in front of nobody, of course, but kind of looks at the TV. And then, um, of course, we got to ask Kyle Bush about it later. Um, I don't know who, who were, maybe Bob took the bullet on asking Kyle Bush about that. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. But, uh, and then Kyle Bush's response was, that's cute. So um, he clearly wasn't too impressed or didn't find the humor in that. Uh, Chase then says, you know, tries to say, oh, you know, it wasn't a dig. It was just a spur of the moment thing. It was a dig, um, which is fine because he had been wrecked and, and did the middle finger stuff. But uh, anyway, I just thought that was um, that, that was a great moment. That definitely made me laugh and definitely got a long ha 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 from me on on Twitter, I believe. So uh, my uh, my go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I like how you I did like I respect how you went back and researched these on Twitter, though. And, and what but with the, your keyword search. Yeah. I, I just I just don't have the memory, so I, I need my tweets to my tweets are sort of like you know we used to take notes on a, like a notepad during the race. Now I just go back to my tweets, even even during a race. If I remember, like, well, now what lap was this restart? I just go back and look at my tweets during the race and be like, oh yeah, there it is. It's like my live notes for myself or something. If I need reference later. Um, anyway, so my number one was uh, the i racing stuff overall. Uh, it wasn't a particular moment, but especially when you had that first, uh, those first week or two, that first like Homestead race back in March, uh, Jimmy Johnson just like spinning and wrecking in the middle of the pack at Homestead and taking everybody out was like so hilarious. Um, Alex Bowman's dog tweets and say, okay, you know, Finn's driving now. I'm going to eat an, eat an Uncrustable or, you know, I have, I really have to pee. Um, you know, when they put Boyer in the studio interacting with Gordon, um, you know, and saying, I just got Bubba and Boyer going, what happened? And then the resets and all that stuff. Um, Hamlin's daughter, of course, like you mentioned, uh, turning off the screen of his simulator while they were going, uh, Bubba rage quitting. Remember that? Oh, that's right. Yeah. The rage quitting and stuff. And the other thing too, um, remember we'd, we'd get up all these various Twitch streams cause everybody was like streaming their own thing on Twitch. Mm -hmm. And when there'd be a wreck, you'd hear all them. Cause th that was like instant. And the broadcast was like slightly delayed. And you know, you, you, you'd hear them getting mad at each other. Like Landon Castle be going like, Oh, come on, man. Like, why'd you do that? Or something. Um, and you know, that, that was just great to hear them on the, they, they didn't play it on the Fox broadcast, but like. Um, they had like their team speak or whatever, whatever they used, like that they could hear each other talking yeah. and that, that was just really fun and hilarious and, um, people disconnecting. I just, 
that was all just such a, and again, like I said earlier in the podcast, if you do it now, I'm sure they'll try to, you know, we know there's plans to do it next year, even on race weekends. Hey, we're going to show some iRacing and stuff because they're not going to have three day weekends. They're going to try to get more content. I, I just, I'm going to have a much harder time getting into it, whether it's an off season series. You know, I, I really haven't watched, I, I know like some, you know, like the IndyCar drivers and um, a bunch of these people have like continued to to stream stuff and, hey, we're doing this really cool race this week where, you know, um, different kind of cars or different tracks. But, you know, <laughs> to me, like, you know, after, after all that, in the spring we, we got such a heavy dose of it and then the, the larson stuff you know that really took a lot of fun out of it I, during the monza madness of course where he comes on and says that thing it's like oh gosh now are we gonna have to like monitor this for news or people rage quitting i mean it, it, it quickly started becoming not as fun you know what i mean so um and i so a lot of these, again, the, a lot of the moments that I'm mentioning, if they happen now, I wouldn't think they're funny. But at the time, take yourself back to uh, the lockdown and, and how much we were just craving any sort of normalcy. I mean, we thought it was hilarious that, you know, people were posting pictures of standing for the national anthem or whatever, um, you know, of, of the racing and stuff. And, we, you know, we were all playing along with it. Um, so at the time, that was the funniest stuff of the year for me. I, I just think that was that was some hilarious stuff, especially before they started taking it seriously and got good, you know? Yeah. And I think to me, I look back I'm, you're talking about all this and to me, it feels like forever ago. I mean, I know this just happened back in the spring, but it feels like 10 years ago. <laughs> and so much has happened since then. And I remember how excited everybody was. And it was, it was actually, you know, it was, you know, looking at it now and it was cool to see guy like Timmy Hill, you know, win a race and, you know, have some good runs and kind of come to the forefront a little bit and, and his personality. And he, you know, he had his moment at winning at Texas and we, you know, we wrote a story on him and it was just, it was those little things like that that were really cool that came out of it. And, but I do remember back then it was a lot and it was, it was, everybody was doing the racing. I mean, across all the series and it was just, it was a lot. And I do remember Jimmy Johnson struggling. <laughs> I don't know why, but, uh, you know, the seven time champion and, you know, one of NASCAR's greatest or maybe the greatest, depending on you look at it, uh, is not an eye racer at all. And it was just, it was, it was interesting how it all just everything transpired. And, and I forgot even about the national anthem. And remember, we didn't we have like a flyover too or something or a pretend flyover or something. Yep. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Um, yep. yeah, that was, that was a, it was like wild times, man. Wild times. Yep. Well, that was only eight months ago, if you can believe it. So, no. um, but I tell you what, I mean, uh, from what I from what I see in the news, it sounds like uh, about eight months from now, that's we're, we're maybe about halfway. So, eight months from now, we should be getting back to some level of normalcy. Um, so, hopefully, um, the the funny moments next year um, that will be about mid season, maybe late summer where we could all uh, be back together again, um, where we could be back at the track and the drivers could be getting spicy again. There'd be fans in the stands, all that stuff. That makes it more fun and leads to uh, some more hilarious elements as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully that'll, that'll be the case. In the meantime, we obviously have a lot to be thankful for, including our listeners. And that's not, uh, it sounds cliche, but we really appreciate it because... Mm -hmm. You know, if you also go back to earlier this year, uh, there was some some uh, scary times. The athletic had some layoffs. Uh, 
no sports were happening. Um, you know, except for NASCAR had just come back, but I mean, it was some thin times. We didn't know if NFL was going to be able to have a season college football. We didn't know if the NBA bubble was going to work a baseball, none of that. And we work for a subscription sports website and that was some scary times, but you guys really showed your support and, uh, we're both still here and planning to, uh, come back even stronger next year. So we, we really appreciate your support. We're very thankful for you and uh, very thankful to be able to, to bring you this sport and uh, this podcast every week. Yeah, amen. I echo everything you said. I'm very thankful for our subscribers. Uh, we, we do what we do because of you. And um, we, I consider you guys part of the team. And uh, so always... Always appreciate the the encouragement, the support, and everything you guys do for us, and let us keep doing what we do. Well, maybe I should work in a sales pitch then, Jordan, because uh, <laughs> Black Friday is coming up, and uh, you know the 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 athletic the last couple of years has been sort of famous for their Black Friday deals. And I'm not allowed. I'm looking at no, I'm not allowed to say what it is, but I can tell you there will be a Black Friday deal. Um, so. Why don't I just tell you how to find it? Because depending on when, when you okay. hear the podcast. Um, so, okay. If you, on Black Friday, uh, if you go to theathletic.com slash the teardown, you will see the Black Friday deal. Now, if you're listening to this before Black Friday, um, you'll go see a different deal now. That deal's not as good. So I would encourage you not to take that deal because you're going to have a better deal on Black Friday. So um, come back on Black Friday to theathletic.com slash the teardown and you will see, I would say, the deal of the year from what I understand will be on there. So that would be a great time to become a subscriber and catch up on all our stories and uh, some more stories to come. Um, Who knows what will happen this week. So uh, yeah, and of course on the teardown, we're uh, not taking any weeks off yet. We'll be back with you next Sunday for another episode. I don't know what that theme is yet, but um, so far we've had so, a couple of fun episodes, right? After this, uh, yeah, after the good discussion, awesome. good, good reflection on the year. And, you know, last week I thought it was great looking at the races and today was fun too. Just kind of looking at some in, in a year where let's be honest, a lot of very heavy, serious things happened in NASCAR. It was kind of nice to just kind of take a look at some of the funny stuff and kind of the lighthearted moments. It was, it was much needed to be honest with you. Yeah, for sure. And of course, uh, I uh, I got the was it a good season poll. Uh, I, I won that too, so that's hilarious hey, as well. Congratulations! Woo! <laughs> I actually feel bad. I mean, it's, it's stupid because I, I think the season was great. Oh, I don't want to talk about it anyway. These polls are what? stupid. <laughs> but if you won, you wouldn't say this. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm won, telling you, was, I wouldn't care if I won. And I uh, know. I have evidence of this. Well, we can talk about this on another podcast. Anyway, everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving, um, safe travels, stay healthy, everybody. And we will talk to you next time on the teardown.